This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So they're ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It was the week before Christmas where nothing was new. A pipe had burst, so we had new lose. Crosses were slung without direction or care, in hopes that St. Rhodes would soon be there. The town fans stayed, nestled all snug in their beds, while visions of Schindler danced in their heads. And Fothers, in his waterproofs and I in my cap, had just settled in our seats for 90 minutes of crap. There out on the field ran 11 players onto the grass. I sank in my chair. Where's the creativity, the goals, the class? Away at the end, I flew in a flash. Tore open social media. Boy, we were gash. We dominated the game, says the boss on the mic. Who does he think we have? Messi and Van Dyke. And now it's my turn to pick up the speaker. Shall we bin it off, lads? It was crap this week, yeah? But in rain or shine, we're always here. The Little Town Podcast, sponsored by Magic Rock Beer. I know in our moment that saying good things is tough. It's been a bad season. Town fans have it rough. But here I whistle and shout and call them by name. On Cozzy, on Johnny, on Phil from Kirk Eaton. It's another podcast where we've been beaten. Welcome to episode 161 of the Andy Takes That Chance podcast. <laughs> Jackson's there, Billy did. The goal, Chris Billy Huddersfield Town. The most famous goal of Chris Billy's life. Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is. Take your place in Division 2, Huddersfield Town. Oi, thank you. Rupian Steve Simonson's boots now. He's missed. Steve Simonson. Clears the frame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Huddersfield Town are promoted. Stephen Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And he takes that chance! Right, good evening, lads. Happened? <laughs> that happened 10 minutes before we started. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> I'll tell you what, we've just seen an incredible World Cup final and then it's just, this is reality. This is almost like going out in the cold now with no clothes on, just just reality is just hitting you, man, isn't it? So like, you're the one that they're reporting on in the Spembra Guardian. Is <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, guys, um, yeah, welcome, to, to, yeah, welcome to everybody to episode 161. Um, Phil... Johnny Cosy with me today. The episode sponsored as always by Magic Rock Brewing. Uh, get your beers from www.magicrockbrewing.com. Uh, use our code AHTTC10 for 10% off all online orders. Uh, right, okay. Um, Town nil, Watford two. Um, shall we just call it there? Because it's just becoming Groundhog Day and again, isn't it? Um, I thought. I, yeah, I thought we looked all right for 25 minutes, uh, and then to be honest, I thought we were shite. Uh, I'll be blunt. Um, we got destroyed around the outside of the three centre backs. Uh, Fotheringham didn't change it until we would, you know, until the game was gone. Um, we've threatened very little. Um, 
Rhodes, I think it was, wasn't it? Should have scored at the end, and even then, it probably gives us a a flattering look to a scoreline in a game that we were never in and never created anything in, never looked like creating anything in. Um, Cosy, watching Huddersfield Town at the moment is incredibly miserable. I think you in those portaloos with them with it in the dark in the south stand was probably a better view than what it was watching it on the field at times. Oh, I think it just sums up the club at the moment. Then portaloos, mate, just what a mess. I mean. Oh, depressing. I mean, I don't know where you want to start, really. For me, I watched the, uh, the press conference on Friday with Fotheringham, and he's, I get he's being honest, and I get, you know, he's he's saying it as it is, and, and you could think, well, some people might not want to hear that, but I think one of the reasons them seats are all empty is because we're hearing stuff like, you know, it's almost with January, there's, there's no money, the chairman kind of wants out, uh, Watford have got 20 million strikers, and I know it's, that's the reality, but it just channels you just to be it just tells you to think, what is the point? And then you kind of get in there and you're thinking, just like Sheffield United, it's going to be another one of them games where, you know, we're, we're probably just going to kind of sit in there and just see what they've got and maybe try and nick something. But to be fair, like you said, Matt, I thought we started off, but it just, again, you could seize on it in them first 20, 25 minutes that we weren't going to have the quality. And I just thought it's all a matter of whether Watford, you know, just when, when they want to go up a gear and... To, to be honest, the end of the first half, we should have been a couple behind. And we got away with an incredible penalty decision, which again, we still didn't take advantage of. And uh, yeah, it's oh, it's just so depressing. And the, the biggest thing for me, we're walking in the ground and just seeing them empty seats everywhere. It was unbelievable. And I know we've had a little chat on our internal communications channel. Obviously, the red button's been sighted. It's last Saturday before Christmas, probably. And it was cold and, and blah, 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 blah. But... Honestly, I, I think you're right, Matt. You were saying that. I don't think there were 10,000 there. Paul's reckoned there were 12 and a half. I don't know what he was something, but I don't know if there were 10,000 in the ground. And the public, to me, have just turned around and, and give it a big two fingers up. And, and in, whether it's, I don't think we can beat Watford kind of thing, or is it, I'm just sick and tired of Huddersfield Town at the moment. And It's just shit, mate. Because I've never really <laughs> gone to the ground this year and felt, you know, that people have kind of, yeah, we weird the morning and we, we've done so many miserable podcasts, but... I really got in there and thought, it's like, wow, it's like people have given up here. And maybe there's a few mitigating circumstances, but it really hit me hard. And uh, look, at, it wasn't just one stand, all the stands, Matt, were just dead. And the atmosphere, I've never known the, the South stand being as quiet. There were nothing there. I mean, it, I think that was the worst thing. Then, in a way, having that 25 minutes positive, well, kind of, I'll say my front foot, I'm maybe exaggerating, but we looked... Okay, a, fo- a foot in the game, didn't we? But didn't it make you more depressed in a way, Matt? Because you just thought we're not going to score. It's the same old story, and well, it's, well I've, there's a couple of things I've calculated, and I'll bring Johnny and Phil in in a bit. But um, Matt Fotheringham has been in charge for 13 games, I think now, and in those 13 games, we've we've only scored one goal that wasn't from phase one or two of a set piece, and even that was a miss hit cross from 40 yards that fluked over the head of the goalkeeper against Millwall. We just looked abject going forward. We just looked so bad. Um, We've scored two goals in the last six games and both of them were two goals by Josh Ruffles that he's never going to score again in his career. They were just, you know, absolute outliers. Um, so we've scored once one in one game in the last six. Uh, and I understand Fotheringham's sort of saying we need to be defensively solid and nick games. And that's fine, but we're not defensively solid either. You know, Watford, Watford are good. There's no getting away from it. Pedro was, was decent, wasn't he? Keenan Davis we've seen over the last few years is good at this level. And they even brought the guy on at the end, didn't they, Asprilla? And he absolutely ran rings round us down that right flank. He was he was excellent. And it was a depressing watch. And, you know, on my row, there's 18 seats on my row. Uh, three of us were me, my other half, and little boy. And there were only another three seats taken. There's usually 18 on it. Behind the eight seats, eight seats behind are always taken with two families. None of them came. And I don't blame them <laughs> to any point. It was freezing cold, and the other the other thing to consider was it was on the red button as well. So it's easy not to go to the game when all of a sudden Sky have seemed to have seemed to be getting away with Saturday three pm red button games, don't they? Which is which Welcome. has been quite. Which I think what we're just quite the coming. I think what we're again depressing for me, Matt. I did a podcast with honestly there were some fantastic guys from the Watford fans. I went down a bit down memory links. So I spent quite a bit of time there when and when Lee played there, but. They, they they predicted that we'd get a draw in the game. I said we'd lose 2-1. It was incredible. Watford, they weren't feeling it. They, they'd been out of sorts. They were poor against Hull. They had a lot of injuries. So, but they, you'd think, okay, we, well, it's almost like we just accepted that. It's like, 
they, they've got the quality of players. They're going to beat us and stuff. But but maybe, Matt, we were right. Maybe we did try and have a go. And we just got to, as usual, we're never going to score. And then eventually they wore us down and deservedly won but, you know, by two goals. But I think that's just it. I can... I think are we, are we at a stage now where we're just looking at budgets? It's almost like back to the Chris Powell days, mate. Uh, we can't compete, and maybe that's the reality. But how depressing it is, especially when we were Premier League just five seasons ago with two seasons of money in Premier League. It's it just just it feels oh, it feels like you've just been punched in the gut so many times. You've not a lot more to say, man. Cosy's uh, pictures frozen for me. Are oh, you back now? Uh, let's let's bring in Johnny or Phil. Um, me and Cosy are a little bit depressed because. It seems to be becoming a, a pit. It's like it's almost a slow death, isn't it? Death by a thousand cuts kind of season, isn't it? Um, almost similar to the eighteen nineteen season in the Premier League, where we just can't buy a win or buy any sort of excitement. And I, I agree with a lot of what was said. You know, I don't think the players lack effort. I don't. Um, but for me, that the main issue I have with Mike Fotheringham at the minute is that we just don't look like we know what to do when we get the ball at the feet, and. There are so many situations where players don't seem to know what runs to make or where to go, and they just seem chronically undercoached in in terms of the final third and what to do. And I have a real issue at the minute with what Fotheringham's trying to do. It's it's okay, sort of trying to stay tight and nick something, but we're not particularly amazing at the back. We're not watertight. We're okay, but we're not watertight. And when we go one nil down. We look clueless and it unravels badly. You know, we go back to the Sunderland game where Sunderland was so there for the taking. They were so poor on the night and they went 1-0 up and we unraveled and they scored again. We unraveled. And the only game we've not unraveled was that really weird one at QPR, which we won 2-1 and, and you've got to give it to the players. They, they did well. But but to be fair, on balance of play, that could have been 10-2. We got an absolute spanking. But I just I just don't see a team that's very well organised in terms of defence and attack at the minute. I, I have a real issue with the tactics deployed and where we're going, and I just don't see this getting better at any point. Um, but, Johnny, we've got a couple of games coming up where yeah. it's becoming critical. And I think I think one thing Fothering will point to, he did kind of point to in both his radio leads, um, interviews after... Sheffield out and after Watford is that our season will be defined by these two games. The issue is, Jeremy, we are we'll be halfway through at Preston. And if you kind of say we we'll play the exact same teams again, second half of the season, and something's got to change, there's got to be a step change there. To continue doing what we're doing. I know we played Sheffield United and played Watford and they've got bigger budgets and others as probably been alluded to, and that is that is fair enough. They've also got a better squad. So it, but like like Matt, you said there, Matt, it's it's the it's the manner of those games. Yeah. You can you can you can come out of a, of a you can come out of those two games, Sheffield United and, and, and Watford, um, getting no points, even necessarily scoring no goals, but still still see something, still see something. A team that I mean, we're not they're not our direct competition, but we've we've played well in a certain way, or we look to do the right things, or stuff hasn't necessarily come off, um, or just just has been something there. Like I said, there's such a lack of direction um, and it's been all the way through. And touching on your point around it's not necessarily the players not trying hard or putting the effort in. This is just my opinion, but if you look at that squad, it's split between experienced pros that are just triads. Your likes of Danny Wards, your Rhodes, your Hogs, your Lees, and even those injured, your Matty Pearsons, whatever situation they're in, they're the types of players that will just work hard. Um, irrelevant of the situation so I wouldn't necessarily put a, a massive heap of praise on, on Fotheringham for that but I also wouldn't necessarily take it away from him we're not in the dressing room then you've got young kids who he's given the debut to um, and um, Phil was an advocate of this his favourite manager isn't necessarily loved in Huddersfield but it's probably a bit of special connection someone give you debut you might want to work hard for them they're also kind of it's new to them it's fresh they're of course any, any young lad at 17, 18, 19 who's making his first three or four games. If he's not trying hard in the situation, then he's not going to have a career. So I'd expect to see players on that pitch, given the squad that we've got that are trying hard. But just like I said, the complete lack of direction, the net shoot when you go 1-0 down, there's no real game plan there. Again, following coming in and saying he wants to play attacking football, okay, the squad quality might not necessarily be there to do that. But still, it, it, it's just it's just so random. There's no There's no... There's no process that you can see. And again, losing to Watford and Sheffield United isn't the issue. 
it's the way we've lost, the manner that we've lost. We've shown absolutely nothing. Um, and it, it leaves you with not much faith to games that are coming up, which are absolutely crucial now against Luton and Rotherham. Two teams that at the moment of the last eight games have been equally as bad as us or, or, or almost as bad as us. So that's a real test. Two game, two teams in equally poor form that if we don't get points off, I, I really see it as that is it. It's very much a last chance saloon against well, these two games. Preston are absolutely fine. I'm doing really well. I know they lost at the weekend, but they're, I mean, they're, they are in form probably just outside the playoffs now. But there's a small opportunity there. If we don't take it, then I, re I really can't see um, anything coming from this season. But I, I fear we won't because I think we're so weak and I just can't set a direction. I can't see what we're trying to do. Um, we'll work and work and work with the, the lack of quality is is just scary. It's really, really scary. Watford have got the quality, but we just were so far apart in that game. Couldn't hold the ball, couldn't make passes. Like I say, we've not we've not scored a goal. We've not scored a goal in on play, have we really? Because Nakayama's doesn't count for me. Um so yeah, it, it's significantly worrying. And these trends have been on game on game on game on game now. Um when's it gonna change? How many podcasts are we gonna do where you try a bit of a glimmer, you try to make an excuse and it's the same week in, week out. I feel like this is this this is a very dark podcast, isn't it? I think Cosy dressed there like a Jedi is more like a Sith at the minute, if that's a Star Wars joke. Yeah. Um it is an incredibly depressing pod because it's not a fun time being a, a town fan. Phil, um, let's bring you in. Phil, you always bring some sunshine and cheer into our life. Surely <laughs> you surely, surely you can tell us something from the professional world of football that can cheer us shithouse fans up uh, and tell us that we're talking a load of nonsense and things will be better going forward. Please tell us. Unfortunately, Matt, you know, we've, we've been doing this for, you know, a couple of years now and, and we're, we're doing podcasts in a situation when, when your teams are winning, so you can't, you can't make it more upbeat, can you? Do you know what I mean? Because we'll be lying, won't we? So, um, Johnny, I think like you, you mentioned, obviously you were, you know, hinting on Mick Wadsworth and, and I've seen a couple of things online where people have been talking about, um, like it feels like this year, it feels like that year. This year feels like the Mick, Mick Wadsworth year for me personally, because I feel like that you, you watch the game and we kind of, we do enough, you know, we, we don't, we don't look like the worst team in the league. We do enough. You know, I spoke to, we, we, I've got a kid at my school and his, his, his dad plays and um, he played against Huddersfield, I won't say against which team. Uh, and he said they were great. He said Town played really well. He says, but just couldn't finish the chances. Just no cutting edge. And I think that's literally the the, the problem. You know, we've talked about missing players such as Hogg and Matty P. That you know, they've been massive losses. Turkman right back. You know, huge losses for us really. Um, for that structure, for that solidity at the back. But we've still got players who can step in and 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 do a job there. But it's it's going forwards. It's creating those chances. And I think. Going back to that year when I was playing, it was different for me because I was a young kid and it was just exciting. It was we went down and you know my team got got relegated the first year I played and the worst feeling in the world. But on the flip side of that, I'd had a chance to, to be a professional footballer and have my debuts, etc. But it, in the camp, it's it, when you're playing, it's the feeling of you you know that if a goal goes in, we're struggling to find a goal from somewhere. That's that's what the players will be feeling. We feel it as fans. You guys are feeling it now as fans. But that's also what the players are going to be feeling like. And, and Johnny, you know, I'm glad you said it because these two games, we've come back from a, a, a World Cup break and, and it was a good time for us, really. And you come back, and this is linked to the fans maybe not being here as well. And we're playing two really good teams. Sheffield United, Watford, two really good teams. Like, you know, it's not, they'll, they'll be up there at the end of the season. So we can't judge it on these two games that we've just played. But as we said, our concerns are the fact that creating chances, finishing chances are a big issue. And it's still in the back of people's minds. And and I think a lot of things have contributed to uh, to fans not turning up. We, like I say, the weather, the red button, um, that first defeat back after where we just think, oh, you know, here we go again. But Unfortunately, it's that's that's the life of Huddersfield Town fan. It's the life of a number of other clubs in, that, that are playing in Championships, League One, League Two. Um, but we still go, we still turn up. Um, but like I say, I think there's you know we talk about the positives at the moment. There isn't really any positives, and, and until the team get that confidence and start you know scraping a few results together, we're, we're going to be having the same conversations over and over and again. And that's not us being negative. It's just the fact that it, it is what it is. 
when you mentioned when you mentioned Wadsworth, mate, I thought you were going to come on to almost like the the leadership at the top of the club because it's not even just the pitch for me. That is having a massive part in it, and I know we'll talk about it later on. But yeah. for me, I thought you were going to lead on to that because that's the more depressing thing for me because you think, okay, we get to January, we'll you know maybe it could be a, a great escape, Jacko kind of scenario. We get a Wayne Allison type in, etc. But it's like I don't even feel that, and and we know yeah. team wants out and. It's, and like you say, you know, like yeah. nail, nail on the head, Cosy, because it, at that period there, it was obviously in terms of all the administration stuff and things and and, and everything went up in the air for players and, and, and it was a tough time. And so if there's, there's issues behind the scenes now, etc., and, and we're talking about money and money available and, 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 and all those kind of things, the players feel it, you know, the, the littlest of things, it's, it, it, it's siphoned down through whether the, the coaches are good enough to hide it from the players or what, I don't know, but... But we definitely felt it in that period and, and the players are a little bit more well off at the moment. I'll tell you what I think, why I wonder if what does Lee Nichols feel? Because part of you thinks, well, you signed a long-term deal, but I'm just thinking, hang on a minute, mate. To me, he's still easily top three goalkeepers in the, in this division. And here he is signing this contract. And but he probably knows that if we go down, it'd probably go. But it's like he's shown his faith the club that like, this club is going places. And look where we are. It's just unbelievable, mate. He must be as frustrated as kind of we are, just thinking, what? What have I signed up to here, man? Yeah, you got, throw, think... you got to throw Thomas in that as well. He's been the same, hasn't he? he signed a, a yeah. big five-year contract, so I'd throw him in as well. But I think it's dependent on the players, isn't it? And, and, and I'm hoping, and, and, and this is maybe my my own thoughts in terms of how he should be as a footballer. But I'm hoping that these kind of players should be rolling their sleeves up and thinking, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna prove myself and 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 work out for the team and try and get the team results around. And then if it doesn't work out, you still play for the club. You're at a club and you're there to, to do well at a club. So, unfortunately, if your team go down, the season after then, we need to help them to move back up and, and, and vice versa, etc. Mm-hmm. So, it, I understand what you're saying, but they shouldn't be able to come into their heads at the moment during the season. They should be focusing on what they're doing now and, and how can I affect the teammates. You know, I look on that pitch, I can imagine Nichols is having an influence on, on his teammates. I want to see leaders. Sober Thomas has just been to a World Cup. I want to see him rallying around. I want to see him leading from the front. You know, he's, he's, he's a player who's played in the World Cup while the rest of the boys have been at home watching. He should be on that pitch driving everything forward. Um, you know what, though, Phil? It's like, it's like we're honoured. I mean, Carlos Corbin's gone to West Brom and just won five games in a row. It's just, he's almost like taking the piss out of us. Nottingham Forest, like, nicked his best players. That And honestly, I think all this other stuff is just adding to the, the doom and gloom because it's it's incredible. It's almost like why, it's like Bala telling it why it's always me, but... And like you said, Phil, I'm sure there's other clubs that will be, will be, you know, lower divisions who've got some hard done by stories. But it is incredible. You can't. You're looking for somewhere for a bit of positivity, and you know, all I'm getting at work at the moment is because why? Is Carlos Corbran guys won five games in a row? What? Why the hell? Are, and you and you can't. You're just right in it. You know, it's and, and unfortunately, unfortunately, unless we get someone who's going to come in and throw loads of money behind the club and, and and do things that other clubs can do, we're going to be in this situation for a long time. And, and like I said, we, we spoke about this before we came on, but if, you know, if if things had been different and, and you know, certain things have been managed differently when we went into the Premier League, etc., ready for coming back down and, and having a solid base, maybe things have been different, but we didn't. And and I personally won't blame it on, on, on anyone because I think it's it's all learning. People have been in a situation that they've never been in before. And, and I think it's, you know, we're, we're, we're struggling from that now, aren't we? And, you know, we can only we can only we can only work what we've got, and unfortunately, what we've got isn't much at the moment. But um, you know, I can't remember who said it now, but you know, I, I see hundred percent effort from the players. Is you know, I don't think it's anything linked to that. I just think it's there's other things that they might, and um, you know, we'll, we'll go on to talk about them later. Well, you mentioned Premier League though. I was at Wembley watching, was trying to get into the Premier League in a playoff final. You, you wouldn't mind if this were like ten years ago, or we were a shitty. Promoter team always bobbling about, you know, trying to step like Peter always do every other year, and then eventually they go. You can kind of get it. We were in the Premier League almost nearly there last season. Eighty-four points, full stadiums with pitch invasion against Luton. These players lifted up, players, all that carry on. The clubs unite, everyone's together. We're Christmas like next season. It's embarrassing, man. Hey, just thinking That's now. Just why you're saying that? Sorry, guys. Just why you're saying that? Like, the year we went up and we had obviously Moy, etc. And we had these guys on loan and all that kind of stuff. Can you imagine if we didn't go up that year and we lost all these players that were on loan for us and stuff? How do you think we'd have fared the year after if, if we haven't if we didn't invest money back into the club? How do you think that team would have fared that, that went into the Premier League? 
Yes, guys. <laughs> would have been bottom half. The, the loans would have been replaced by other loans, but we'd have lost David White. No, but no. What I'm saying is, if they weren't, if it weren't replaced, you know, like this year feels like things haven't been replaced and we haven't filled gaps. You know, we've lost, we've lost certain players, and, and we don't feel like things have been plugged properly. You know, it, it's. We, I don't um, think we had an amazing squad when we went up that year. It was, it was a good team spirit. We had a good plan, etc. Um, um, but if we'd have lost, is. if we'd have lost Wagner in that in that year, after if we didn't go up and and, and things that have could changed, have been quite similar. I yeah. think I feel it. Yeah, I feel it would have been. I think, I think that's. Because, I think that's what makes. Yeah, I think that's what makes it so bad. Like what you're saying there, because it's not just it's not just one or two things, is it? It's the fact that we lost the player final the way that we did with two shocking decisions. We don't know what happened, but that that's the very start of it. We then lost the two best players to the team that beat us. Then effectively, our manager got taken kind of through the back door by a team that beat us and has then gone to relegation rival and has won five straight games. Yeah. Dean has decided he doesn't want to be part of the club anymore, which is fine. And there's now an infight in between who actually owns the club. And there was no money spent on the wrong money was spent. Manager left and arguably the wrong manager was hired. And then Jerry's still out, probably on its way through the door to say that the second manager might have been wrong. So it, it's not just one Jerry's thing. Out it's, on like, one. it's like six or seven massive things yeah. that have all happened in what four or five months and I know the football clubs we we are as close to and they might say oh yeah well, we had a situation this happened but if two or three of those things happen you probably still it's probably still horrendous but it's just the fact everything's happened in such a short space of time and the way it's happened yeah. is actually quite unbelievable I think that's why even like the most fans are struggling to get some out of them to go and, and because it's, it hurts it really does hurt um like saying, people keep asking, like, can we? I'm sure everyone gets, oh, wow, what's happened? You were playing final, what's and it, it's like, how long have you got? <laughs> I've got 10 minutes to explain what's happened because it is massive. So, I think that's why it hurts so much just because of the sheer amount of things that have gone wrong so quickly and gone so like horrendously wrong as well. I remember though meeting Sean Jarvis like, before the playoff final when we bumped into him and read him one, and uh, he was like, because this is now or never. And I'm, I'm, I'm almost like this is, and we knew probably it was one or two, but it shouldn't, surely it shouldn't go from there, there, crashing down. It's an interesting thing you say, though, because we'll never know now, but maybe, Sean, I don't know, it's almost like a business, can you imagine a business doing really well? Yeah. Having a brilliant year profit-wise, and then it's like, next year they're laying off staff. I suppose it's, that does happen. Because a club like ours, when you've got these players who are performing well and then in the playoffs and they're that close to getting in Premier League, People are going to want them, and, and we're going to have to sell them because we can't afford to keep them and, and, and match their ambitions. And, and that's where we're going to be, unfortunately. It's bottom line. Matt, let me ask you a question not to do with football. Are them two apples on your radiator? Are them two apples on your radiator there? No, they're, um, they're the Charlie's, they're like um, dodgeball. It's for dodgeball. He plays dodgeball at um, martial arts and he. Rachel got him a couple of dodgeballs, so he plays sometimes. The um, do, uh, do you know what they do? The ten, it's like a half an hour class, and it's about five minutes actual martial arts and about twenty minutes stretching. <laughs> so don't Bill, you, pay for. They're, they're decent, watch. actually. The biggest, the worst news we've had all week is the Tino thing. I mean, I we were talking off air again that uh, I felt that towards to have any chance of really kind of staying. I'm not saying, oh God, I'm, I'm kind of writing us off, but. Tino had to, he's so gutting really because that, that yeah. impact, I mean, you could see we were in the good shape. He looked, I want to ready to go. And him out from that is such a massive blow for us. And, you know, it's, oh, I mean, it's it was sad to hear, wasn't it? Like, this, obviously, back at Chelsea and getting that, we ain't going to see him again. And, yeah. it's, honestly, like you said, Johnny, everything's just could go wrong. It has gone wrong. Did, I didn't even mention that, did I? I didn't even mention the injuries. Is that many you forget? Yeah. But, yeah. The trouble is, he clutches for me though. That his father, I know he gets Matty Pearson and you know Jonathan Ong's been out, but these aren't guys for me that are gonna get you any goals and stuff. Oh, that's probably like as Pearson got a few headers in the last year, but he's at the other end of the pitch. That's the issue, isn't it? And it's uh, I always look at like what's your ammunition, what's your kind of threat, what was your game changer and stuff like that as well. And I mean a DR and again, I don't you, you don't want to go around one to eleven kind of calling guys, but you look what he did well yesterday, mate. A kid. Playing against the top midfield, and he did his best, but he were no, he were nowhere near that. And if we're putting his thoughts on him, kind of, uh, you know, as a bit of an explosive guy, he's a, it's almost like it's a bonus if it happens with him. I'm a bit like Kamara, but the club's in such a mess that we're 
we're desperate for these guys to somehow do something. It, honestly, it's it just is that in one place, isn't it? It's as simple as that. Do we have to keep talking about town? I feel like we need to talk about something else now. It's Christmas, isn't it? We shouldn't be this miserable at Christmas. Feels like the ghost oh, of Christmas past has come to uh, come to haunt us, hasn't it? The past of eighteen nineteen. I kind of um, thought. Right. It, sorry, Matt. The Portaloo thing just sums us up at the moment. I just, I just, I had a little. Houses right everywhere, cosy shit houses everywhere. Yeah, that's just it. And again, coming on the back of the news last week about the rumours from the, I think Odyssey Dub reported it that KSDL on the brink of going going under and the club buying back. And it's just, you know, it's. <laughs> but that we've said it before. I mean, that stadium. It well, it's just proved it this weekend. We these eleven, twelve million spent on it. Who's that's before we even got any players. That it's such everywhere. It's a new piping now. Everywhere. Yeah, it's 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 a big task, isn't it, for any any potential new owner? And there's nothing really that we can report on this <laughs> week in regards to the ownership. I think the problem with everything that's going on at the minute is that everything's tied down in non-disclosure agreements that you're very unlikely to get the truth from one angle or the other. So. I mean, we can we can dig on things, and I've been digging a little bit, but there's nothing I can actually really say publicly without getting into trouble because a lot of it is NDA, so I'm not going to get into trouble uh, or speculate either. Um, no, I know it's just it, to be honest, it seems like a standoff, doesn't it, between Dean and Phil's people, and and to be honest, that kind of standoff is going to have a huge effect, isn't it, Johnny, on any potential new owners? Because if there is a standoff, as we believe, or has been rumored to be. Uh, believed on in other sources, then any potential new owner is not going to touch it until that's resolved, are they really? No, we touched on this. And like you say, ultimately it's just speculation because there's only two or three people who know the true situation. But you can kind of just read into what's happened and look at different football clubs who have suffered through through the same situation. It's like when things get legal or things get messy or an argument or you've got two people who are remain successful and have got egos come come to a point where they stop communication then that's what kills business that's what kills football because nothing gets done it's like we don't know the situations and I'm, I'm sure some people say actually this is why things happen but in my world in, in, in business if if two parties want something to happen it, it happens it, time, time doesn't get to you don't you don't miss out on stuff you don't miss deadlines it's it's think things happen um, and for me for the share window to lapse and Dean Hall's private attorney to, to lapse. Um, that shows rumored, to me whatever rumored, r- speculated. Rumored, he is speculated. That shows to me, for whatever reason, not saying it, it's Dean Hall's fault, but either something's been changed or or something significant has happened behind the scenes that that deal hasn't got done purposefully. It's not. It's not just the fact that we've run out of time. Um, and if that means that because of the situation with Phil's companies, that, that ownership, those shareholdings are now under control of administrators. That creates a really difficult situation as well. Um, and like you say, potential owners is, is whole, a whole issue in itself because I don't know how many people are looking at buying a football club in the situation that we're in at the moment um, with the current debts that we've got and potential assets. It, it, it's, it's an, it, I mean, in the north of England as well, which creates a bit of a problem, but a club that's I mean, got messy shareholdings, administrators involved in that, partners that aren't necessarily kind of, do you know I mean, encouraged to, to to sell or make the sale easy. It just makes it a harder situation. At the moment, the football club needs direction. It needs someone to take hold of it. And it needs funding. And you're not going to get any of that in the current model. And like as Phil said, it's not it's not something that's going to happen. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in, order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 
24 7 365 days of the year let's all take a moment to talk more than football happen quickly um and that's the problem and it's for me during league, league one is a worry but it's it's beyond that i mean if we are in league one next year um the football club needs someone to pick it up and actually not just put money in um but actually direction keeping all the players what do we want to be what does Huddersfield Town League want to look like and if this kind of situation is still um the state state of play in League One next season. League One is not any League One is not the division it was when we left it. Absolutely not. Do not be fooled about the quality of teams in that league and how the size of teams in that league. We are, will not be in the top four or five teams in that division by by nowhere near. Probably budget as well. So it it it's not just the worry of League One. It's the worry of what next season and the season after could look like if this ownership situation is allowed to continue. Um, and it's not my money. It's not my pound that I'm asking people to spend. But I think. For the good of the, the football club, something needs to happen. Um, and like um, as he was saying, if this was, I mean, an Italian team or something like that, you won't. I mean, you'd be having, you'd have in protest, you'd be around, not encouraging people to protest, pro, a riot. That is not the uh, thoughts of Vanity Tate's that chance podcast. But, <laughs> I mean, I think I think all thoughts are of Jonathan bit, Gillespie of, uh, <laughs> but it's like it just it's like I don't know. It, it, for me, if things want to get things want to get sorted, they get sorted. Um, and it's about someone stepping up and like looking at I mean, the legacy that what they want their ownership to be. Um, and I think it's worrying that if this was allowed to continue, that we really could sleepwalk into. And that that really goes for both poor, of them as well, yeah. doesn't it, Johnny? Not just no, it's not. This isn't that Dean, and it's not. It's, the, it's not saying that he was wrong to let stuff lapse, and not. It's not that at all because th- there might be something which was um, he doesn't agree with, and that's why it's had to happen. It's not at, at that. It's just saying well, at the moment there's two people who've got it within their gift. To, to, to solve the future ownership of the football club. Um, and it's, you know I mean, they've got a lot of people's, um, do you know I mean, passion um, in, in, in their hands to do that. Um, and ultimately, do you know I mean, finding an owner is, is, is one thing, but making the club the most attractive it can be to find an owner is in their control. I think it's really important that that gets looked at. And also, fans are allowed to question that kind of standards, MDAs, and how business works. And you can't just tell everyone what what's happened in the meeting because nothing will ever happen. I, I get that. So I mean, we all understand how these things work. But the absolute silence and the and the worry and has it happened? Has it not happened? What does it mean? And the whispers doesn't help anyone. Um, so I think we do need some form of direction. We do need some form of narrative out the football club as to as to what is going on because the fans of the football club. Um, and I think the complete silence at the moment. Um, and the tidbits that come out through people know people just doesn't help at all in any way, shape or form. And I am worried. I am really worried. Like I said, not so much for this season, because this season is, is an issue, but what next season and the season after could potentially look like for a football club in this situation, because we've seen it all too often with other football clubs that find themselves in this battle when nothing gets done and there's only one thing that suffers and that's that's the business in our world, that's the football club. And the supporters. Um, it wouldn't yeah, be supporters. a it wouldn't be a Huddersfield a quick change of direction here, but it wouldn't be a Huddersfield Town podcast with Phil Senior on it if Phil Senior wasn't eating. <laughs> and uh, for anyone that's listening, Phil seems to have had a plate of something handed to him <laughs> that he's trying to hold off seat off you screen. Know what, Matt, when he had his slightly microphone off, I knew we were talking food. It was <laughs> Hello, go on, Phil. What have you got this time? Well, I've just got a cheeky little pizza. Hey, <laughs> fair enough. I wish I. I think we all need some comfort food at the minute, don't we? I know we've started off um, this podcast quite miserable. Um, Just a bit. And I, I, I don't really apologise for that because, you know, we're bottom of the league by, what is it, five points now? But someone's messaging me on uh, DMing me. And it's a point that I've probably overlooked, actually. And um, Why do you need your DMs, Matt? Yeah, that, well, they don't know we're recording, so it's just, it's just a general chat. Uh, and he's mentioned, actually, in fairness to Mike Fotheringham, I know I've been very negative of him at the start because we're losing games and not scoring goals. But uh, since the Cardiff game, since we beat Cardiff and Mike Fotheringham's coming, we're actually 17th in the uh, in the form table, which is probably where I would put our squad, to be honest. Um, we're actually, we've got we've had more points in that period than Hull, Cardiff, Bristol, Wigan, Blackpool and Rotherham. And those are the teams that we need to get above. What's what's killed us really is that we're losing at home to you know teams like shouldn't really say teams like should we because we've been teams like before, but we're losing at, at against teams that 
you would hope that we would Sunderland, beat. So, Blackpool, Wigan. Sunderland, rivals, Blackpool, yeah. Wigan, etc. It's not teams but, like, it's rivals, isn't it? It's relegated. Yeah, it's we're relegated losing rivals, that's what yeah, we're, losing, we're losing to teams that you would anticipate would finish in that bottom third. And we're losing at home. And we've, we've picked up one win away from home all season. And I think that's what hurts us. And now we're playing Sheffield United and we're playing Watford and we're going, shit, we need to win a game here. And we're playing against João Pedro, against Keenan Davis, against all the, the Asprey that came on against us. And we're playing against these teams now going, because we've balls up against, uh, or, you know, Hawkeye balls yeah. up against Blackpool, didn't it? But because we've lost so many games against opposition like that at home, we're now having to get results against much better teams. And when we lose at home to Watford, ordinarily it wouldn't be the end of the world. But because we've lost to Blackpool, because we've lost to Wigan, it's becoming the end of the world that we're losing to good teams. And it's hard to remain objective and focused when the season's going so badly. And, you know, we've played two good teams there. Slavin Bilic is a top-class manager. Um, Cosy doesn't like Paul Heckingbottom. And I think if you look at Heckingbottom pre-Sheffield United, Cosy would have a damn good point. But he's done well at Sheffield United. And... Oh, no, I don't. It's just... Paulie's a really decent geezer, him, to be fair. Heckingbottom. Nah. I'll take it back. Maybe nah, I've done Cosy badly there. Football. It's, not, it's not about that. It's just always moaning officials. But, yeah, no, you're right, Matt. But, you know you know what's weird? It's, it's almost like a mental thing for me. But I'm trying to cast my mind back. The, the, the Cowley season when we just skipped up, we, we were kind of... Obviously, we bet West Brom. That stopped their kind of promotion. So, I felt going into some of the games later on against some of them big hitters, we... We could win. I'm, t- I'm struggling for memory here with the Corbin and uh, bad season because we we took some beatings. I mean, Bournemouth taking us apart, but I'm sure we beat a good Swansea side behind uh, closed doors, mate. Uh, on and so, but it's just now if you come up against anyone like say Watford, Sheffield, trying to kind of throw some others into it who are playing really well. It's I mean, even someone like Birmingham. Watch them on Friday, Matt, and they they've been up. John Eustace is doing a great job there. Yeah, He's doing a great job. Got their loans right, and we aren't and. We're yeah. paying the price, man. They're, they're, there's something dodgy about their loans, which might come back up further on. Um, <laughs> Jack and our biggest problem was the fact that we, we needed to bring in someone who was tried and tested, knew what he yeah, wanted to see, and that would have made a difference. I mean, because I'm I'm not with Father I, I think he's, he's doing best with what he's got. Um, yeah, I think, that... Do you think that someone else would have come in and done a better job? Yeah, I do. But I, I just think the situation we were in, and I think we had a Johnny had this discussion, but I think at the time, I think we were all pretty much of the opinion that it needed a firefighter and not a risk. And we've taken a risk. And Mark Fotheringham might be the best manager in the UK in two or three years. Who knows? Um, some of the well, stuff he says, lying. yeah, some of the stuff is complete nonsense that he says, but some of the stuff's really good as well. You know, you have, just have to pick certain bits out. And I don't specifically blame Fotheringham for the position. I think he's doing the best with what he knows how to do. Um, he's done some good bits before hasn't he in Germany but he's really he's, he's probably the most inexperienced head coach we've ever appointed and it, at a time when we needed some direction because we're not getting it off the field um, so for me he was the wrong option at the time but you say that but who else could we potentially I know we picked him up with Michael Carrick and Michael Carrick's doing really well isn't he at Middlesbrough but Michael Carrick could have just done just as badly as what Fotheringham is but I, I did think we needed someone who'd been there a little bit and seen things and and even now if you if if you say to me if we get rid of Mark, get rid of Mark Fotheringham who would you want as manager it's you can't really give a name that would be realistic because if you say Chris Wilder it's, he'll laugh at you if you if you if you offer him this job he's not coming here you, you know and then you're looking at Warnock and Warnock's seventy year old doing his thing you know what I mean he's he lives in Plymouth and you know he's He's, he's happy doing his thing. I don't think Warnock's back and he's he's probably a little bit not as not as snarly as what he used to be and what he, what we'd need. And honestly, I struggle to name. I, I did throw a name to someone earlier that I think would be a good manager for us, but maybe not in this situation. And I would get absolutely pelters for this, but I'm, I'm quietly impressed with the job Joey Barton's doing at Bristol Rovers at the minute. But even then, the situation we're in, who can you get, Phil? Who can who can you realistically get? You can sack Mark Fotheringham and yeah, you've got the head on the stick everybody wants, haven't you? But what do you think? What what's Wilder waiting for? Well, he was applying for Premier League jobs when he was at Middlesbrough, wasn't he? So get that, I yeah. think he's not going to get that now. But I just I, I, Chris Wilder would be great, but I just don't think we've got the Definitely. money to 
we we don't have the money to get uh, him in or or uh, the ambition in January to get players into get him safe. So I I think he would look at us and go, I'm not touching yeah. that. I His next be job's massive months. because of the Middlesbrough. There's kind of people, oh, maybe in the the great because he were never linked with QPR, aren't they? Yeah. But but so like for us, you're such a risk. Oh, uh, do you know what Critchley Critchley would have been a great choice for us, but his QPR have nipped in and got him, haven't they? So yeah. he's off the he's off the. Uh, Chance, but you know, so again, town you have to decide, don't you guys? If you stick or twist with fathering him, and I, I have no idea, I, I generally couldn't give you a a hundred percent assurance that getting rid of Matt Fothering will improve the situation. I, I don't think it, I think, unless you've got money to go get somebody like Wilder, um, then you're probably just going to appoint somebody else from the same sort of ilk who'll do the same job. So, what's the point? Listen, if we had Raji Van Lepare, Listen. He, he, yeah. is, he is hard though, isn't it? Because like I think when, when Schofield was was sacked, um it was I mean he, we won't go in Schofield good and that to death, but I think when um Schofield was sacked as well if you slate Schofield. <laughs> um <laughs> it, it was it was absolutely evident the situation the club was in, the injury crisis, the players we had, it, it needed someone who there's a lot of inexperience we had to come into the squad. It was absolutely obvious it needed someone who, yes, fair enough is a question, but someone, I mean, not, I know the club had the, had the, the method and how they wanted to stick to that and how they work with the direct football, et cetera. But it, it should have been recognised at that period of time, they need to break from that because that's all well and good. But at this point in time, it was crisis. And in the crisis, you need someone who's got the experience, has, has, has worked a relegation battle before. Might not have worked, but worked a relegation battle before, got experience, Long into who understands football, can can understand how to man manage and has got years of experience. We might have some in the same situation, but to, to, to ask someone who um was so new and so fresh to it to come in was a risk. That said, um, I don't want to be hypocritical because three or four games in, we all said in this podcast how much we, we liked him. We were impressed with his interviews. We can see why he might have got the job, we can see why Bromley might give it to him. So it's really tough to sit here and say, because that's what I thought beforehand. But I I was swayed. Yeah. Game three, game four, I was really impressed with him. Um, and like it is hard because the chap who said we, we might have been seventeenth if if season started when Fodham came in, I guess that is probably not too bad given what what situation he's in and, and the squads and players had to pick up so far. The issue is obviously we need to be above seventeenth to to kind of put right the wrongs of the first ten games. But yeah, it, it's hard. I feel hard to criticise. The choice of Fodham because, I mean, he, he did he did impress me, um, and I actually said in this podcast I was quite happy he got the job, but I don't know. He, to change now, it looks bad, doesn't it? To to sack two managers and the press you'll get off that, and then how's that look on the what the players think and everything like that? Film my feeling that was a bit with that, but I don't know. I just I can't I can't see it changing. I think for me. If you roll, if you roll dice again and you go down, you've not lost anything. Because I can't the really... dice twice, didn't they? Yeah, um, it's, but then got, again, it's got so many they... parallels with Everton this season. But they they brought in another nobody, didn't they? Um, and I don't. I mean, there's, there are there are people out there. Um, Stoke manager, for example, don't think he's oh, got a job. Some, oh, um, oh Neil, he's gone back to Northern Ireland. He's gone Northern Ireland. With Wagner but... come back, would we be any better off now? Yes, I think so. Hundred percent. I just think because it's just a bit more structure, it, a bit more. Experience. It's the wa- the wave, the wave as well that would have come. Yeah. You know, the whole, the whole, the fans Ooh. would have jumped on. Not that one, <laughs> but the whole, the sort of the ride. I think the 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 ride. I think the players would have been so lifted, and everybody would have been hundred percent ready to go. And I think the the play, the whole attitude around the place would be different. I don't think would be amazing, um, but no. I think we'd be. I think we'd be. A I don't think you can. Yeah, I don't think. I don't think you can be. With the with the resources we've got at the moment, to expect someone to take this team to mid table and it would be unbelievable. Do you know what I mean? It it, it was always whoever yeah, came yeah. in, it was always it was always going to be a struggle at the end of the season. Um, but I just feel having put put in put an experienced head in there and putting your money or your resources into someone who's who's who knows what they're doing and has done it before because they've done it before was the only real real way tying an inexperienced squad. Or, or or a squad with do you know I mean aging do you know I mean aging and getting worse as the years go on with a brand new manager who's who's coming into an absolute dogfight who's who's doing well given their circumstances I don't think you can slam following them at all um just wasn't 
wasn't really the way to go. Um, but like I said, he, 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 I can see why he interviewed very well. So, Right, so the guy that gave me those stats has actually taken it from the examiner. He's plagiarised the chicken, um, so he's not put them together. And apparently it was before the Watford game, so after the weekend, uh, Cardiff and Hull are now level with us and the form table and Blackpool are below us. Um, so we'd be 18th. But still, you know, 18th since he came in, fathering him with that squad is probably par, I would think. Um, People just so don't on that now. Where's Holmes? Where's Kazumu? It's like... Is it well, Kazumu every- had a... Um, an Achilles injury, was it? I think he had an Achilles injury, so he, yeah. he wasn't fit. Holmes, uh, we'll talk about some of the players that potentially could be leaving the club because Dwayne was telling people uh, in the, was it the fan, uh, I think it was a fan park or something. So he was telling people that he's not injured um, and it, it, the rumours are that he's been made available. Uh, that wasn't confirmed by Dwayne, by the way, but the rumours are he's been made available uh, to leave. Um whether it's a tactic by the club to, you know, leverage it to push him out, I don't know. Uh, whether he just hasn't trained very well, as Fotheringham said post-match, who knows? Uh, well, you have to just take Mark Fotheringham at his face value, don't you, I guess? Um, so, Dwayne's rumoured, Danny Ward rumoured by Alan Nixon to be leaving today. Um, Jordan Rhodes has been rumoured. So, Canberry, obviously, and all his goals are coming in, aren't they? So, <laughs> so there's... Um, there's obviously changes afoot. And and to be honest, Tyree Simpson oh, has, has come on and there's bits I quite like about Tyree Simpson. The the best bit about that game for me was uh, him going through with the defender on 88 minutes and shoulder barging him. And he fell on his face and slid for about 15 yards into the goal yeah. mouth. And I thought that's, that's what I want from my striker just to knock people around. So um, I liked, I liked that from Tyrese, but he, you know, he's very raw and um, inexperienced. So he's, he's not, Again, he's not the kind of player that you can pin, you know, hold, put your hat on to save the season. We need, we need experience and we need quality. And if those three players go out, we need an attacking midfielder to create and score, and we need another striker to to play up there and put the ball in the net. And they're like gold dust, aren't they? Uh, everyone wants one in the championship, and the team that you go to last is the team sat there five points behind second bottom, isn't it? So, you know, Cameron Archer's not coming to Huddersfield if he's available on loan. There's 23 teams ahead of ahead of us in the queue. We've got to be very clever in how we do this, and we've got to either try and pluck someone from the bench in the championship, or we've got to go abroad and and do something clever abroad uh, where nobody's looking. It's difficult. We d- I don't think we've really got Phil talked about the structures. I don't think we've really got. Have we got the structure to go abroad and and look at something clever from like I don't know Brazil or Argentina or something? Just plucking that out of the head because of the the whole. Um, point system that they've got now and it's easier to get points there than what it is in in Holland for some reason um, so you know it's very difficult we can't go to Bundesliga 2 anymore and pluck someone out um, they won't get the points uh, to get what's the work Malone, Matt? What, what's happened to him uh, there was a rumour wasn't there I saw I can't remember where I saw that Conor Mahoney's been made available as well in January bench, these guys, though, he was on the bench on Saturday Was yesterday was Conor Mahoney All right. um, but again the, the same people that uh, are bringing these guys in have got to go out and pull some rabbits out of hats and they've done it in the past haven't they did it last year Sinani was pretty decent uh, in the end I know he got a lot of stick didn't he but he, you know, his goals and assist contribution were pretty good in the end um, his set pieces were decent so we just need we need some serious rabbits out of hats don't <laughs> we to give us a fighting chance in January and Fotheringham's telling everybody there's no money to do that so the club are obviously Shuffle as as Cosy likes to say, shuffling the deck chairs on the Titanic, aren't they? And you know, trying to put some different chairs out there to Elias Chair would be nice. He's not coming by any by any stretch of the imagination, but it, it just seems to be that they're throwing the dice. And to be honest, at least they're trying to do something. You know, they're, they're trying to move people out and in. Um, but can we get the quality that's needed? You know, I I re- I'm really skeptical because of the position that we're in, the money available. And it's it's just going to be so difficult. And you know, maybe Matt Fotheringham can use his nous of you know things in Germany, use his Felix Magat, Jurgen Klinsmann links to try and put, pluck something out. That's all we can really hope for, I think, at the minute. You've got to, you've got to be you've got to be careful because I think just doing it in the right way, isn't it? And if you're trying to house players and not play them and give them the cold shoulder and try and force them, it would be players that can can do a bit. I mean, Ward's got Ward scored four goals last season in the championship. 
So are we going to get a player who's I know he's it's another year on and he's I mean in his like thirties now, so each year goes by probably mean, means a bit more. But are we going to get someone in who is better than that for six months who who can well, that's quickly the, that's the funny thing in football? And the same with like Holmes. I know Holmes does split opinions um, a little bit. He splits opinions in our, in our like, what do you call it officially then? Because you have communication. Communication. I always say, what's that? <laughs> does split opinions. But again, he's, he, 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 can, he can do some things a bit different in this squad. He's a bit of a unique player as well. So we don't see what happens on training, but I'll just be cautious about cutting cutting players off, which we seem to do quite a bit. We've, we've cut players off, cut Russell off. Again, make of that what you will, but before we've really got anybody, the amount of players lined up, but it's it's are we are we better in the squad quality wise? Um, Johnny, I'll tell you, just stepping in there, but bothering more a bit Arcy with uh, well, I don't know about Arcy, but you were asked about the low knees and uh, listen, guys, I won't talk about January and bringing players back and a couple of guys asked, I think Stuart Rain asked him and uh, did uh, I forgot what his name is, he'll kill me uh, from Radio Leeds, but he won't have it and you just Louis. some of these Louis, guys, but. Suppose you're clutching them, are you? Some like Danny Grant, you know, you know, back uh, Critchlow and stuff. Is it? Really? I bring Critchlow back just to piss Bradford off, if I'm honest, because they love him <laughs> down there. <laughs> so that'd be worth it just for I'll that. Tell you what's but... sad to me though, it's like God, I, this is so depressing. But if the result, if we do not get the results, that I totally agree with Johnny. These loot and rolling games are absolutely huge. I don't think even four points is probably enough, really. Do you remember the Premier League season when I thought just after Christmas we were done? And then four months of the season, four or five months were horrendous, weren't they? They were horrible. And mm. even when we, some of the A-listers were turning up, the grounds were empty, your, your heart was sucked out because you know you were beaten. And I dread to think what, well, I just hope we can get them results because, oh my God, the the crowds, the, everything from January to May could be absolutely, it could be a horrible. And that, that was the Premier League, which we all know we didn't belong in. Imagine what that'll be like in the championship. Oh. Like at least that was the old day, wasn't it? But yeah, it'd be horrendous. But in the back of your mind, though, Johnny, you always thought, well, you know, maybe naively in the end, because look where we are. But it's like, okay, we're going down, but we'll, you know, parachute money. Yeah, I did. Sure, and I we've did. got some good players to come in, and surely in the championship they'll show. And obviously they didn't when it turns up. But you look now and you think, just what you were saying, kind of, you were saying earlier on about, you know, kind of next two years. It's God. I hope no one's wanting to pick me up for Christmas here on this podcast, but. <laughs> I might, put a warning. I might put a warning on this podcast before it goes oh, out. Yeah, but you, you can't kid people, mate. And the people voted with their feet yesterday. And it's like, it's it's so, wow, it's, uh, you mentioned Wadsworth, Phil. It does feel like then that kind of era and very sad, very, very sad. Maybe uh, maybe that could be the title of the podcast. It's beginning to look a lot like Wadsworth. <laughs> Wadsworth. <laughs> You've got it there. <laughs> yeah. Um, excellent. Uh, yeah, so... We don't really have much to say on the ownership, the rumours of players going in or out. I can't, I can't be bothered talking about Huddersfield Town anymore. It's depressing. Um, it's Christmas. Well, we should cool. be happy. Um, tell you what, lads, what do you want for Christmas? It could be Huddersfield Town related or not. Phil obviously wants more food. Um, <laughs> I think that's it. Maybe I saw I saw an interesting thing the other day. Do Christmas, Do Yorkshire puddings belong on a Christmas dinner? 100%. You think so? Who's no, not? Who's not having Yorkshire puddings on a Christmas know. dinner? Apparently, it's apparently it's not the done thing. Apparently, it's not the one hundred percent, and it has to be turkey. Can't have any gammon or beef or any of that rubbish. It's no, enough gammon on this podcast. But um, yeah, I I I tend to go with turkey at Christmas. But we obviously, my coming from a, a stock of pig farmers, uh, we do sometimes have a, a leg of pork. But um, pork yeah, for the I, evening. I, meal, I go with turkey. Yeah, I go pork, with turkey. Pork. Meal. Turkey and I, I, I love Yorkshire pudding, so it's always a yes from me. You can't, you know. Cosy, what do you every, want for Christmas? Every meal's better. What's on your wish list? I want some air, mate. Here, one of my friends today, <laughs> I'll send you a video on, but he's he's got it's Christmas to his rugby team, and he's gone as Ronaldo, you know, the, the old Ronaldo, <laughs> yeah. the big Ronaldo, and he's, he's managed to got that air bit there. And Brazil, it looks incredible, mate. But I've, yeah, I won't mind my air back. No, uh, oh god, you put me on the spot, man. Uh, <sighs> It's non-town lightsaber. Oh, you are lightsaber. Oh man, different colour to his green one. I've got a new fridge freezer today, so I'm happy, mate. I've had my present already. <laughs> just to know that my freezers, my fridge ain't gonna like be frozen this tomorrow. It's just a beautiful thing, man. But is yeah, anyone going yeah. to a new spot? Yeah, yeah. I, I won't mind a wee half uh, end at match. Uh, 
at Boxing Day. Oh, sorry, 29th and that as well, where I can see what I'm doing, mate, instead of aiming everywhere, man. But yeah, it's... What just what do you say, Phil? Is anyone going to the Boxing Day game? No, I've got John, Johnny lives I, next door. I so. am, I am. Before it's only like ten miles from me, seven miles from me. So I am going, but um, can't wait for that. I think we could be there. Could be a little bit of a surprise, a little Christmas present. Johnny, I mean, Phil, have you seen our record at Preston? I know, I know. It's, it's, it's so when, bad, um, and Preston are good as well at the minute. Yeah, That's what I put on it. When we when we got to do them in a cup, I was like, I don't think I can think of a worse game. They're not an exciting team <laughs> yeah. to go and watch. We never beat them. Obviously, you've seen you them so many is. times. It's just horrendous. <laughs> I tell you what's doubly bad as well because I was thinking, well, maybe you could turn it into a Blackpool weekend. Not enough Forest are there out there. It's the last people uh... I want to see, isn't it? <laughs> oh, what a right. cheery podcast! Has been anything good? <laughs> you mentioned <laughs> Forest. What are you doing? Uh... <laughs> Where yeah, we so Premier League, Premier League Cup, we're on the march, aren't we? We're doing well in that. Good. Good. I think we're where, where was it West Brom? But yeah, it's 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 tough times, isn't it? And I'll just I go back to where we started, just seeing that ground just like it was yesterday. It shocked me and, and it should do really, but it did. It would like the people of Huddersfield just were like, up yours. Huddersfield town. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's sad that it goes that way, isn't it? But it's just the way town fans deal with it, like you say, it would be, it would be good if, if I don't know, maybe it'd be bad if they were a little bit more vociferous. Um, yeah, in certain terms, because uh, the way that the clubs run at the minute, it just doesn't feel acceptable, doesn't it? It's very quiet, and we appreciate things are tied down with non-disclosure agreements. But I think in terms of where the direction of the club is going, it could be a little bit better. Um, but think, Matt, you feel so maybe that's what we want for Christmas. It's it's oh sorry, but it's just that connection, isn't it? And you know, you obviously that obviously promotion, but you felt the love, you felt the connection. And yeah, I was thinking about this. There. There's no real players you can connect with at the moment. It's just everything. I was thinking, I was thinking about that because I were on about that with someone else, and they said, yeah, everyone loses that connection when you're losing games, and it's true, isn't it? To a certain point, but I was thinking last year when we were winning as well, and it, it still didn't quite. I don't know what it was, but nah, it still didn't quite good. feel the same for a lot yeah. of people, did it? It was strange. Um, the crowds didn't really come back, did they? Even though we finished third, and there's still a lot of people not quite in love with Huddersfield Town, and it, it is strange. And we we could do with getting some of that love back. I think that could be the best Christmas present. I think um, it's just knowing that your team's got a threat, connection. knowing that you're going to rock up to a game, yeah. and knowing that there's going to be something from your team that's going to trouble the other the opposition team. And sometimes I rock up to that ground now, and I just feel like we're just going to do enough. But there's going to be very little threat up top, and and that's what I think fans just want to see you just give it a real good go with chances, etc. And you know we all want players to to work hard and put hundred percent in. And I don't think for one minute that any of the players aren't. But you know you you've got to be entertained, aren't you, at some point as well? And you want to see a little bit, don't you? And, and we're just not quite seeing that at the moment. I would say. I think I that's think the thing when he came. It we're all about putting a shift in and. I don't think anyone yeah. like him, you know, that way. No, okay, but, okay. but putting the shifts in, he's got that. To be fair, maybe on the scuffle, we didn't maybe get as much as that. But I think that's what makes it a bit more depressing. I mean, we've got that shift. So it's like, should we be grateful for that? It's like, yeah, but the aim of the game is to score more goals than the other team. And we're... Yeah, but didn't he say when yeah. he first came that he wants to get as many attacking players on pitch as he can? And then, yeah, kept saying it. He did, work. and then he, he realised that none of them were any good. Yeah, <laughs> got any. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it recently he's been saying it's not really about entertaining it's about staining games to try and nick them and stuff which fair enough you know i mean he's, he's, he's going down that route because he's he's trying to build it around us around the defense which is probably the best thing about us isn't it but it, it it's tough watch and when you lose games and do that it looks really shit doesn't it but you, when you win games you come away thinking we've done a job on them don't you so it, it's it's a tough thing to balance and i think if we lose against rotherham over christmas i think there will be a lot of noises in Mark Fotheringham's direction, um, because Rotherham aren't any great shakes at the minute, and it's disappointing they actually beat us at their place as well. So we've got to win that game. There's no two ways about it. We've got to win a lot of games. Uh, I think Mark Fotheringham reckons nine games, and he's, he seems quite confident that he's going to do it. And part of me wants him to part of me wants him to have a go, but it feels like football manager, doesn't it, Johnny? Where you don't you don't pl- click on save, and you go, you know what? Let him have these games just to see how he does, and then it's like, no, nah, quit. Start again, reload it, and then you know bring <laughs> bring someone else in. Um, but yeah, that's that's all I've got really. We we 
going back to what we're going to do over Christmas, I think we probably would have done a, a spaces, a Twitter spaces thing for the, maybe the Preston Rotherham games. But it looks like Elon Musk has lost his uh, lost his shit a little bit, hasn't he? And he's pulled Twitter spaces because he got criticised or something on on one oh, of them. So that, yeah. yeah, so uh, Twitter spaces doesn't seem to be a thing at the minute. So we'll, we'll we've a... got problems, but it all Twitter's yeah. struggling. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So we'll see what happens over Christmas, and I, I really hope that we can be a bit more cheery and have some Christmas spirit among us because it's a little bit dreary at the moment, isn't it? So I've got nothing else to say, guys. Uh, have you guys got anything or shall we call it a day? Let's call it a day. Let's call it a day and let's hear some lovely Christmas music from uh, Chris Carter. There's a team that is dear to its followers The colours are bright, blue and white They're a team of renown They're the pride of the town And the game of football is their delight And all while upon the field of play Thousands loudly cheer them on the way Often you can hear them say Who can beat the town today? And then the bells will ring so merrily Every goal shall be a memory So town play up And bring that cup Back to Huddersfield So town play up And bring the cup Back to Huddersfield The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery delivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.